With Tesla Government's knowledge management solutions, you are adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your institutional information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com. LC38brand.com, the civil affairs lifestyle brand. A little bit of something for everybody. T-shirts, polos, shorts, hats, flags, posters for your walls, and stickers for everything else. Items for citizen soldiers of USA KPOC and warrior diplomats at Fort Bragg alike. LC38brand.com. It's cool to like your job. So when a commander is getting that brief, like, hey, this is the interactions we got from this. This is what people from this area or village said about it. And then this is what everyone else from these neighboring villages or areas saw from it. And they, they want that, you know, so you're kind of expanding your outreach and influence, you know, across multiple parts and not just affecting that one area. So it's kind of a, you know, a stepping stone to your next maybe targeted engagement. Hi, and welcome to the 1CA podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode. And we're joined by Chris Bryant. Chris is a Special Operations Civil Affairs Medical Sergeant, currently serving in the 91st Civil Affairs Battalion. He has three rotations in Civil Affairs to the AFRICOM AOR, and he manages multiple Instagram accounts promoting Civil Affairs and connecting interested candidates with recruiters in the Special Operations Recruiting Battalion. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, John. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for your time. We, um, Wanted to dive into for listeners social media. It's I think most of our listeners probably use social media in one way or another, have different accounts for different reasons uh, with friends or family or for business. And you wrote an article in the Unomia Journal back in September of 2021 called "Navigating Social Media." So we'd like to dive into um, covering the the who, what, when, where, why, and how of social media and how it connects to civil affairs. So. Let's start with a big question about why social media is important for CA forces. Right. So for me, I think everyone takes on their own hobbies when they're in CA or just in the army in general, you have things you're interested in. Uh, And social media is a big, you know, big one for me. I kind of grew up on online. People remember the MySpace days and, and just the way we, for me growing up, digest information, take information in um, and the way we share information with our friends and family you know, is social media plays a big role in that today's world. And that's why I think it's important. Uh, you know, like we were just talking, we had a little conversation before this about like my African rotations, the way people consume social media in every part of the world is, is vastly different and it changes in small nuanced ways, but it, it's, it's instrumental to how, you know, they perceive the world and what's going on and, and their perspective areas. So why is it important for CA? It's, it's a way for us to get our message across. I think that's been the biggest challenge for CA um, you know, in recent, well, past and recent years is, is finding the audience, uh, you know, if you have a targeted message you want to a specific group of population, you know, getting that message across, making sure it's well received. And then how do you measure that metric, right? So that's something I think we should output to other forces. Uh, we worked heavily with, you know, MISO or PSYOPs uh, on our last rotation to really analyze how messages are received um, in certain areas. And, and that's why it's important to just gauge and measure the human metric of the civil domain, right? And, and see if you have your MOEs or MOPs, your, your measures of performance and measures of effectiveness in that area and try to achieve, you know, the commander's end state, really. And social media is that, I believe right now it's that untapped resource and how we can do that, or at least measure and provide a, a showable metric of how it's used. I, I used it a lot of times when we had, um, let's say, a project we implemented 
I would include like if I had a product, like maybe a storyboard outputting from that, I would include a, a piece on the slide just, you know, devoted to the metrics of it. And it's something that people understood too in briefings. Like people know what Facebook is. People know what Instagram is, Twitter. Um, it's something they use in their everyday lives. It's something you use at work too and, and has that focus. So when a commander is getting that brief, like, hey, this is the interactions we got from this. This is what people from this area or village said about it. And then this is what everyone else from these neighboring villages or areas saw from it. And they, they want that, you know, so you're kind of expanding your outreach and influence, you know, across multiple parts and not just affecting that one area. So it's kind of a, you know, a stepping stone to your next maybe targeted engagement. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what it, the key word you talked about is influence. And are there examples you could talk about on classified examples or, or just general without any specific country of when CA had leveraged social media and any deployments you've gone on or people you know of? Like what impact that may have had? Yeah, absolutely. So one group I think that is ahead of the curve on us, and I think the Army is always a little bit behind everyone else when catching up to things like, I guess, the social media revolution that's it's kind of like been passed and happened, but we're kind of catching up and getting on the train with it, um, is really your, your NGOs and your Department of States, right? Because they attract like a younger group made for interns. And so like the, the demographic they're recruiting um, understand social media and is already like leveraging and influencing it in their uh, projects. So that was one I found a lot too. We worked with different NGOs. Let's say for one, we did it like a medical humanitarian outreach uh, project and the NGO we worked with leveraged their social media influence uh, to, you know, recruit neighboring villages to come out and see this medical event, see what we're doing, promoting women's empowerment, you know, uh, helping young girls within the community, helping school kids, making school, making sure school-aged children were healthy during COVID um, you know, preventing the spread of COVID, doing, doing everything like that. And we got this massive response, almost a response bigger than we could handle because, you know, social media, right. And it really influenced the commander seeing that too, because then they put more effort into supporting the projects we were doing during the time of COVID when it was kind of hard to get out and do that maneuver. Right. And cause everyone's like, you know, not sure what's going on. You know, you want to be, you want to, you know, do your due diligence to make sure everyone's healthy and safe. So we're showing, Hey, we're, we're doing the right things. You know, you see on social media, we're doing the right things. Everyone's got their masks on. We're doing, you know, handing out uh, things out to children, making sure they're safe and happy during this time. And they're still getting their education in, you know, that's important. So it's, it's a metric, it's a metric that's measurable by all. Right. So uh, that's like one small, minute example I've seen. And that's just kind of during COVID. And also during COVID, people don't get to consume information at like the local market per se, or maybe during different things than they would normally consume it. So they can always have their cell phone in their house though. So they're picking up their cell phone, they're seeing on their cell phone that we're doing this stuff. And they're like, okay, well, you know, this is, this is pretty awesome. I'm going to give it a like. Give yeah, a like exactly. Yeah, like and share. And um, you're working at the tactical level, right? So you go out and as, as a team mm -hmm. um, with other forces. And let's talk about the echelons at which social media are used. Because you talked about State Department, that's strategic level. Right. Uh, NGOs, they're working at that operational strategic level for their own interest in what they do for humanitarian aid. And I know there've been efforts over the past uh, many years, right? For social media campaigns, anti-terrorism, for recruitment, um, Daesh, a lot of that stuff was going on, but for CA, what echelons do you know of that are using social media uh, or you think should use social media the most? Where is it you believe the most effective? I've juggled back and forth with this. So I'm interested to hear your opinion as well. Right now, I believe it's being used more so at the tactical level uh, across the battalions. And I think that's good for now. I think that's perhaps the right way to start it. 
because we know that if you involve different echelons, there's definitely a layer of bureaucracy involved. And we'll talk about that later as far as the, the nuances of, of running accounts and how you output information. So I think the tactical level is a good way to start and really getting those that tactical knowledge of these guys. If you have more team members, more teammates, you know, more uh, the headquarters CMOC running social media type platforms and messaging, uh, as long as they're vetting what they're putting out through the proper channels, I think that's the best way to start because then you have that tactical ground level foundation and then it can move up to more like operational strategic. Of course, social media is used in operational strategic level already that we know about, but um, just really building that ground foundation of people that can, as they move up in ranks, take that knowledge with them and then build it up at the higher level. Uh, so the younger person in me said that a lot. And now like the older person in me saying, uh, now that it's, we have, I think a good knowledge across the battalions, we need to establish it at the battalion level, maybe like put that as the S shops and, and create more of a centralized focus on it. Cause I think it's more of a passive task at this point. And he's become more of an active task within the S shops. Um, and we have, I've just recently met with like some, I'm mess up the 25 mic. And I'm sorry if I messed up the MOS on, on this podcast, but it's a multimedia graphic designers and uh, was recently talking with them and, and the PAO and how they put out. And I really think they should be involved. I try and involve the PAO as much as I can. And, you know, we have this good relationship back and forth as far as like, you know, stemming ideas off each other, what would fit in the right place, but really working at the battalion level and, and kind of creating a working group, I would say like, and passively doing it at the battalion level, that way you can collect photos and information and tactical level knowledge from all the teams within the battalion and output it at the battalion level, you'll definitely have a, a wider reach with it. So I think in the future, within the next, I wouldn't even say five years, I would say within the next year or two, like it needs to be at that, that kind of level within our ranks uh, across the active reserve, across all forces. I think that's super helpful to know because I, I see a huge value in having it at the tactical level because just like a normal engagement that we're going to have, most of our forces are at the tactical level, obviously, and we're doing the civil recon, civil engagement at that on the ground level with, with all the local populations. And so if it is a tool, like a personal in-person engagement, you're going to do social media, do something similar or to reach a, a broader audience, like you don't have time to travel to another village or some town on the other side of the country just send a social media post and try to engage people or different audience in that way. It seems like it would have to be nested, of course, within a campaign. And I haven't gone through, I'm not a sign person, so I don't know all the terminology of themes and campaigns and so on, but it's got to be nested, do you think, within what they're doing? And I, you mentioned collaboration closely with MISO and PSYOP. So that makes a lot of sense. And I guess that feeds to a question I have about why is CA even doing this? Why isn't this just something that MISO or PSYOP does, or is there a good purpose to have uh, the overlap between the two? Yeah, so this is a question I've asked to uh, quite a bit in uh, all three of my rotations now. I've worked heavily with MISO at the, the tactical level and, you know, the I guess most recently, the more the operational level. And I pose this question all the time. I love my MISO brothers and sisters having this conversation of like how it should be nested because they're we agree on a lot of things where it should be like it should cross domains right it should cross because civil affairs you really masters the human domain correct and you're a people person you know your business is people and and really people these days the way it is they live breathe and sleep consume social media so we have to you know change ourselves and evolve to you know meet the operational environment so we're the ones on the ground, you know, understanding how people are consuming information, how things are working through social media. 
So, and you know, the cybers agree the same way, like at the operational level, like we can't be that, that conduit on the ground. So we need your feedback on what's going on from the tactical level to feed the, you know, psychological operations, operational missions. So we need to know what's going on. So you're kind of, it's like a give and take relationship. And I've learned just as much of them as they have from me, as far as like what I'm looking for, how, what, like the message you want to craft to fuel a campaign or like what your output should be, what your target audience should be. Um, especially on this last rotation, I learned so much from them and I'm just really grateful. And I'm hoping some, some way, like this is just shooting a, an air ball out there. If there's any uh, 95th ASD personnel listening, but we should definitely craft like an in-house course where we like come together and collaborate and, and just, you know, spitball ideas of how like this should look at the, the, you know, the tactical level, operational level for teams in the future. Cause often, you know, when civil affairs deploys, we have like a MISO team right there or some kind of capability. If you don't have a MISO, I know you have a PAO or a multimedia designer, combat camera. So like, how do you use these people? To craft your mission. I'm a big proponent of you need to use all the resources you have in your battle space. No one should go untapped. Like if you have a vet, you should be, they should be at all your medical outreach events. You know, if you have a dentist, whatever you have, like there's these people, JAG, I'm a big proponent of uh, JAG. I know JAG sits there and usually is stuck, you know, scrolling through con ops all day. Right. But they need to be there to like, let you know your, you know, your authorities, your permissions, what's going on. They need to be in the, that ground level with you to understand also what's going on at tactical level. Um, so we got off topic on your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, no, that's that's great. I'm, I'm glad we covered that. And let me throw this out to the listeners now. If um, if people want to collaborate, including uh, this is the One CA podcast, but it's under the auspices of the Civil Affairs Association. So if people across active and reserve component, the Marine Corps does this too. So if people want to collaborate, mm-hmm. just email us. Uh, use the the general email that we have for the podcast CA podcasting at gmail.com and we can try to connect people. So we can connect you, Chris, with people who are in the reserve who actually do social media management for their day jobs, you know, for their companies or whatever they got going on. So um, there's a lot of expertise we could tap into to figure out what the way forward would be, if it's even a class or just a, a working group that we set up virtually. I think your original question was to you were saying, why is it important? So if I could sum up in a sentence for everybody, yeah. you know, we're masters of the human domain and, and people are our business. So this is, this is a, a way people consume information. So we need to be at the forefront of this. And that's really like the, if I, if somebody asked me that passing in the hallway, that'd be the one line answer I, I gave them. Like, Hey, you're in the people business. You got to get with it. Good. Put it on a bumper sticker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Folks. Uh, we've got our conversation going right now with Chris Bryant on the one CA podcast, talking about social media. When we come back from a short break, we'll talk about the systems and programs that are used to analyze, collect, analyze, disseminate information through social media and how CA forces use social media, uh, including collaboration with the public affairs officer. We'll be right back. Everywhere you look, there's a barrage of emails and information telling you what everybody has done, is doing, or plans to do, all in excruciating detail. But access is only half the battle. You also need information presented in a usable form. But that takes work. And the more information you have, the more work it takes. Tesla government takes on these issues so that your office or agency can fully exploit the data you already have. Our knowledge management experts organize and curate your internal data. Our open source research augments your knowledge base with strategic insights from our globally experienced team. And our data visualization turns complex data into compelling visuals, while our community building makes sure everyone benefits by leveraging collective knowledge. With Tesla government's knowledge management solutions, you are adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your institutional information. 
Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com. LC38brand.com, the civil affairs lifestyle brand. Something for everyone. The world traveler, the civil engager, the warrior diplomat. We got t-shirts, polos, shorts, hats, flags and posters for your walls, and stickers for everything else. Celebrating the heritage of civil affairs, from the civil reconnaissance of Lewis and Clark through the monuments men of World War II and companies of Vietnam. Repping the present teams of the global war on terror, with items for citizen soldiers of use of KPOC and warrior diplomats at Fort Bragg alike. Collections include suits and shoots for fans of jumping out of airplanes and looking good, Pineland to remember your trip to the People's Republic, and Lewis and Clark to honor the two party animals who popularized huge DTS vouchers. You want Pipox? We got Pipox. New items all the time. Custom flags, stickers, and shirts? Send us an email. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at LC38Brand or contact us at info at LC38Brand.com. LC38Brand.com. It's cool to like your job. Do you have an idea for an upcoming podcast or know someone who may be a good person to interview? Contact us at capodcasting at gmail.com. Welcome back to the 1CA Podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode, and we're speaking with Chris Bryant about social media. Chris, at the, the first half of the show, we talked about why social media is important for CA forces, uh, some examples of how... CA has leveraged social media in the past and different echelons at which it is used. Let's now talk about the systems and programs that are out there. So, I mean, there's everything from just a basic program like Hootsuite to schedule your social media posts and when you're going to put them out. But I mean, they're really big programs to analyze social media data that just suck up open source information from all these different platforms. I know you're big into Instagram. So could you talk about some of the systems that just exist generally or ones that you've been using to collect, analyze, and disseminate information through social media. And a follow-on to that would be, are they common across active and reserve component? Yeah. So <clears throat> this is one I, I've kind of struggled with too. Like when, when I kind of, I started getting an Instagram thing with, with civil affairs, it was, it's definitely a learning process. I've been learning as I've, it's like building a ship in flight. We all know how that is. Like it just, it, it flows. So I've been learning as, as much as uh, I've been trying to put out. So one thing I, we, you know, you talked about Hootsuite. Um, there's different applications like that, that kind of schedule posts. I took a social media marketing class uh, in college. Uh, I just recently took it actually within the last year. And I did that to kind of better myself and the understanding of this was a little elective. I had to you know get in, but uh, currently I just use the Instagram app itself. So if you have a business account and all these platforms, as you know, you can kind of track your metrics. And since for my, for the Unomia journal, at least I have no, I would say I have a desired metric, but no, like, you know, I'm not trying to make a revenue off of it or anything. So I don't have like a, a targeted metric I have to hit. Um, it just lets me know people, how people respond to my posts, what they like, what they don't like, you know, how the, the posts do. And definitely we can talk about the algorithms. Once you get into learning about algorithms, it's a whole nother mess because we know Instagram isn't chronological. It, it's kind of based on different things, right? You have a, you have your followers, right? Which is a number. And then you have people who always like your posts. So when you post something, they're going to see that post 
first, right? And they're most likely going to like it. And then if you get enough likes, it it broadens your bubble. I was explaining, like, that's how I explained it in class. I would explain it like there's a bubble. And the more likes it gets, it keeps getting broader and broader, broader, broader. Uh, and then there's unmeasurable metrics. So if I make a post and I share it to my story, uh, the story is the biggest example. This one's kind of how Snapchat works. If somebody shares it, so I have 6,000 friends, I share it, 6,000 people see it, they share it, they have 10,000. So roughly you're looking at 16,000 you know, potential viewers uh, in Instagram, there's no way for them to measure that metric. So that could keep going on and on. So you see a lot of shared stories that get, you know, a lot of traction. Um, and it's a Snapchat now uses it to disseminate news, but that's like kind of unmeasurable metric. So if I have an account, I share something and I have 6,000 followers and I have an account that has hundred thousand, they share it potentially hit 106,000 people, but you don't know, right? So your posts are really the, the easiest way to track. And then you have how the algorithm works uh, just because somebody likes something doesn't mean it's, you know, that's not necessarily how it gets boosted. So there's commenting, which is a, a higher way to boost something. There's a sharing the post with, with your friends. That's another kind of unmeasurable metric. Cause if somebody takes your post shares it in a private chat, it's still getting disseminated to everyone in that chat, but you can't measure that metric. So it's kind of why Instagram also protects its, its, its uh, users uh, and then saving the post. You know, I don't know if you ever seen the save feature. So that's also the, the biggest metric. So if more people save the post, it, it kind of uh, broadens the influence. And then Instagram is definitely, Facebook as a whole, uh, the meta is working through its uh, processes of how it's uh, doing metrics because obviously they try and keep their, their users' privacy in mind. So like I said, there's unmeasurable metrics, measurable metrics. And then now they're kind of outsourcing or getting away from third-party applications that, could, that can uh, post on your behalf and uh, you know do all that stuff because that's more of like a a bot type account where they don't they want more human interaction they don't want that fake you know type interaction or a uh, you know fake shout out promotion or people just trying to chase followers to get a big following you know so they're they're getting more away from that and moving towards more like measurable user friendly metrics with privacy in mind which is good in some senses but it also kind of affects depending on what you post I know like Unomia definitely posts a lot of military centric. Uh, and maybe like, I wouldn't say political sensitive, but if there's any kind of political state in it at all, or, or like worldwide international policy involved, the Facebook definitely adjusts the metrics to who can view it. And uh, that, that goes across the board. I'm, I'm a big, obviously I'm a medic. So uh, I used to follow a lot of medical posts and uh, there's definitely a lot of medical forms before where you could like learn from doctors, see videos, have chats, and they've kind of limited that aspect to as well. Because, you know, it's considered more violent stuff. So uh, even though if it is a medical procedure, it's considered that. So yeah, the, the way, you know, an account is perceived, especially a more military, military, you know, focused account is uh, definitely different, but I think we've established like a loyal following and I'll see some posts, maybe they don't have like a, a lot of likes, but they're the shares, the comments, the saves are, are really high. So that kind of boosts the posts in my metric calculator metrics, obviously in a business account, have you, um, you know, see the areas where people are viewing, whether East Coast, West Coast, America, uh, different parts across the world, where your you know centralized followers are located. Um, obviously, uh, if you look at a map for us, a lot of military towns. And I think that kind of started the CA recruiting campaign that goes along with Unomia because a lot of military towns are like, you know, I, the big one was like Fort Riley, uh, Fort Bliss. A lot of people were following and sending message asking about civil affairs. Like, okay, like this is like a new form, like what you guys do. I want to know more. And I, I kind of started that recruiting campaign as a way to connect people uh, with like real civil affairs personnel in the reserve and active side. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So you saw uh, that opportunity. Now you're talking yeah. about a lot of metrics, but yeah. All right. If you're going to go brief somebody, do you have to go through all that again? Or 
if you have that slide in uh, a storyboard, for example, after you've done a mission, you're trying to show somebody, is it kind of self-explanatory or do you think there is a, a gap between the level of knowledge where you're, you're becoming more and more of an expert every day, the more you do this, mm-hmm. but a company commander or battalion command sergeant major or battalion commander or the S3, do they understand just as much or the value of it? Or, and how do you measure like which metrics to use? Or do you keep it pretty simple, just like likes and shares? So one thing I, I had done on this last deployment, I think it's a good way to start because I don't want to give them false information and say like, oh, we reached 20,000 people. So they're, they're taking the number 20,000, right? So I'll say, hey, this post reached 20,000 people. And then I, our MISO uh, brethren and sisters would do a survey or output something as well on social media, like a, 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 you see the surveys on Twitter, Instagram, where you can like, oh, have you seen this ad before? They would use that metric. They'd put, uh, put something like that out. People would respond to that. And people are actually more active. I've found overseas and responding to surveys. If you output a survey overseas, it actually has a 99% chance of somebody responding to the survey versus in America, we just delete it, right? Wow. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a junk, it's in our junk box in our email already. But in other parts of the world, uh, you're looking at a high 90% chance that people are responding to your surveys. So we hate we say, hey, there's a 90% chance people are responding to these surveys. We output 105, 100 people responded. And they said, all said they saw this ad that we did this thing in this place. And they're interested in having it done in their village. They're interested in learning more about this agricultural program. They're interested more about this livestock vaccination. They're interested more in, you know, this school outreach stuff. So that was a measurable metric we would present to the commander in that slide. And that's really, I think, the easiest and most digestible way for it to be perceived. I yeah. can ramble on and talk about all day like you saw, but I knew, I, I obviously have to know your audience when you're speaking to somebody. I was like, this guy has 15 seconds to hear about this. Yep. Hey, this, this is what you need to know, the one-liner about it and uh, try to make it as easy and digestible as possible for him. Okay. Chris, let's talk about the process of like, if you're going to post something, you're in a CA unit, but as we talked about, there's the MISO or, or psychological operations forces and information operations and public affairs officers. So, does something have to go through the PAO first? Like what is your process for getting a message that you want to put out for the CA team or senior company, or whatever, does that have to be blessed off by other people first? Yeah. So I would say I'll give the stateside answer and I'll give the more for the more deployed forces, how that, how they would do it for stateside. I recommend people, I get this question a lot. Like how do you decide what to post? How do you know, like OPSEC and all this? So I, if you just Google Army social media guidelines, the Army actually has a pretty robust website on social media guidelines as all their uh, PDFs, uh, the, you know, the FMs, all the regulations regarding social media. And they have a frequently asked questions section I've used. <laughs> so you can like talk to people live, uh, you know, from the Army division level to, to get your questions responded. So I reached out to that first uh, for all my broad questions. And once I kind of had like a fine direct targeted question base I had, I went right to my PAO. And then kind of work with my local PAO because they understand your unit better than probably an outside PAO. So they can kind of help you craft and target your messages and still remind you of OPSEC and, and keeping things good. We, um, the way we collect pictures and, and the way we do things to, to protect people's identity is heavy. So I work with them a lot, uh, work on the captions with them a lot, not to you know reveal anything. So that's definitely, I would say, a big way at the local unit level to start. Like I said, that army... Uh, the social media guideline, obviously the army realizes social media is not going away and they have to kind of protect their forces. So that's a great place to start for any broad questions you have. And then obviously your local PAO is a, is a good approving authority. Uh, 
and then having okay. a direct consent from your commander within the battalion level to post on like if the battalion has a uh, account you don't necessarily have to be a verified account recognized under the department of defense uh, but as long as you have commander like a memo stating commander's approval you're allowed to post on behalf of that organization though again you speak you adhere to the guidelines that you don't speak on behalf of the united states army et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for the more deployed forces uh, usually you can work with that operational level pao and they can kind of give you your left and right limits uh, what you can do a lot. Of, I know a lot of NGOs. I would say pretty much every NGO I've encountered is on social media and have a robust social media following. You've probably seen USAID, Global Medical Surgical Support Group, all of them are on social media. Um, so they have their left and right limits. And like, again, going to the embassy, uh, seeing how every United States embassy has a social media account, right? So um, working with those guys too, talking to their PAOs and public affairs uh, personnel, seeing their left and right limits and kind of tailoring that. Uh, and then usually your operational level will have a, a PAO that kind of gave me my left and right limits. I'd I'd send stuff to them. They would verify the picture, the caption, everything. And they also help boost it a lot too. So I would say if, even if you don't have a massive following or don't know where to start, if you, you know, vet it through your PAO deployed, they can send it and vet it through the embassy uh, public affairs officials. You know, they can bolster your message on their site. So if you're a civil affairs team or MISO team, reserve active doing, you know, a mission overseas, uh, the U.S. Embassy often, you know, loves to recognize that what their teams are doing, what their country teams are doing. So they might put your message out and then you have potential to reach even more people, viewers, because they have, you know, I think each embassy has upward to 100,000 followers almost. So, you know, you, you can use that outlet if you don't have a base, you're using kind of piggybacking off their base with your pictures and, and you know, captions. So I say yeah. for the deployed guys, that's the way to go. That's what we did a lot deployed and then stateside, obviously kind of more at the local level. That's great. Great tips. And um, for operational security, OPSEC, you mentioned even details like photos, right? You don't want to be taking a photo off in the, the location data for where that photo is taken. Is there a way to strip that away before you post it somewhere so that people can't click on your link and find out the information behind it? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Google as well. So Google, like in your iPhone settings, you can disable those features, a lot of location services, uh, things on my phone are uh, disabled. I wouldn't call myself a conspiracy theorist, but everyone's definitely devoted to their own privacy these days, especially in this world. We're talking about social media. Everything's out there. The internet, you know, is the biggest thing. It's the new, I would say it's almost the new domain of warfare, right? You got your land, air, all this warfare. And I would say like cyber is the new conquering domain of warfare that we're fighting, uh, we're fighting in. And, and it's almost at the point where other domains of warfare are falling off. It's so big, right? So privacy is definitely big a big important aspect for everyone. So yeah, just disabling uh, settings or using, uh, if you have like, you know, a certain phone you're just using overseas, using that. And then when we, you're vetting stuff, you're usually putting it through like the computer, like just doing different things to, to protect the personnel involved and the location of what's happening. And then even the caption, a lot of captions are, you know, in the military, we like to make captions on storyboards or things that are centralized to that photo, but maybe like a caption that's more broad or a quote, or doing something like that, that has nothing to do with what's going on that photo, kind of can keep the autonomy of what's going on as well. But it's still getting the message across to the yeah. people because a picture itself is worth a thousand words. It really is. Chris, let's close with uh, one final question here. You talked about developing a course because I, I wanted to ask you before the outset, are there any training courses uh, or ways to learn more about leveraging social media? Of course, you took a class so people could go find a university or college, go online, community college. I'm sure they host a lot of things. Is there mm -hmm. anything that, that we have for the force itself? Or do you know if it's like in the works? So not currently. And I hope, I hope we change that. I hope 
we can get together and I hope that I think the 95th ASD is a great place to start, right? Because they just implemented the civil affairs, um, you know, basic course. They're doing the advanced courses. They implement a lot of medical courses. So they're a great source to, to test out and, and vet these courses that can become like army wide. So I think having that centralized at Fort Bragg, maybe building an online LMS type system where you're watching videos of people instructing. So it can be taken globally by reserve forces as well. And even people who are, you know, want to take the course who are active, but they're stationed in Germany. I think we need to build like an online portal type system. And that has links obviously to the army's social media guidelines, but just like a couple hour long videos of people teaching just different strategies and tactics we learn just from social media marketing college classes and then tailoring obviously what you're learning in college because it's more of a business focus to a more like operational mission focus i think would be would pay dividends be tremendous in helping our, our deployed forces so i think starting there and then like i said it, it needs to be a a company level tactical ground level thing at this point and i think once we build that course we Again, it's going to take a lot of refining. So I think it'd be like, we build it, it takes a year or so of refining, getting the kinks and bugs out, learning what works, what doesn't, best practices, lessons learned, just like everything in the military. Once we have that in a year or so, I think we'll have a pretty robust thing we can just output to everyone and they can just reach back to it globally if they have questions, like they took it a year ago and they're, you know, they didn't use it on their last deployment, but they have another deployment coming up. They want to brush up on it for team training or they're deployed and they need to do a quick reach back. They can go on there. You know, see what what's going on, what's new, because social media is always changing. There's different platforms uh, appearing. We have the you know the big ones that probably won't go away for a while, but definitely within those, like we said, things change, especially with the introduction of the meta and the new algorithms and how um, platforms are are melding. So, I think that's like the way to go. But um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts as well on on how you see it from the reserve side. Yeah, I mean, my general take is not to wait for somebody else to do it because it, it right. won't. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it, you've got the background, but I, I wonder if there's anyone else you know. And, and I hope that listeners, please reach out to us because if there's anyone else there out there who wants to help out with a project like this, you know, we can just crowdsource these instructors. Um, right. So, yeah, I think it'd be great. We could tap into expertise that's both active and reserve. And um, probably the NGOs and State Department folks who are out there too could probably lend some expertise in like how to meld it all together. Yeah, I'd rather we not wait for somebody on high to say go for it and just we could try some Absolutely. rudimentary version and just they're probably going to like it anyway or say tweak it over time. Right. Um, it's a it's definitely a team effort. Just like you know, this was definitely a, a big mission focus when I started it, and now it's become more. It's become half and half a recruiting effort as well. So I think people feeding in the system, it only helps with recruiting, both on the reserve and active side. And I think it's a way to connect people. What I've been doing, is, as you've probably seen, is I'll get somebody message me on Instagram, like, hey, I want to be part of civil affairs. I have a boatload of questions. We all went through civil recruiters and necessarily sometimes it's maybe not the most reliable source of information just because sometimes there aren't enough civil affairs personnel within a recruiting office. So you're kind of getting a third party information of what you think civil affairs does. So I would take people and I tried at first to target their original MOS. So I like, said so they're infantrymen. I, I found someone in civil affairs who was an infantryman. I was like, hey, you two need to talk. And they'd set up a Zoom call or something like this and just you know get all their questions answered. And that was something a lot of people don't have coming in to civil affairs, right? Or just soft in general, or even the army. Because even if you come into the army, you're getting recruiters and an infantrymen and your recruiters a tanker. They're trying to give you a third party knowledge of what your job is. Yeah. So not a lot of people have that in the military coming in, you know, that first you know hand experience. And I would say almost non-biased because they're not recruiters. They have no reason to get you to come over. They're just giving their honest day-to-day -day opinion. And depending on which day you catch them on, that could be good or bad news, right? Yep. So, 
So um, it's definitely been, I had a tremendous amount of uh, support and, and great response. People are like, yo, I'm so appreciative. And I've kept up with like, I have like a little Excel tracker I started, but I've kept up with so many people that have, um, you know, they're at the completion stage that they passed cast and selection and now they're in the course and they're still reaching back for questions. So it's pretty awesome feeling. Right. And I like to, you know, give people that unbiased opinion. I like to give them the right thing for them too. Cause I, I encounter a lot of people in college, right. They want to do CA, but maybe on the reserve side. So I'm like, Hey man, like this reserve thing is it's amazing. And this is the way you should go with it. You know? And I've met people honestly that are like, Hey man, I think special forces is the way for you. I think MISA is the way for you. Or, you know, I think this other, like look into this career field, this is for you. Yeah. Um, just getting that unbiased like feedback for people is a uh, is you know been tremendous with our recruiting. I think it's boosted numbers, and I hope it has. And talking to a sober recruiter recently, I, I was actually curious. So I kind of reached out to them. They have good social media metric outputs as well. So I kind of reached in for their knowledge on that aspect. And uh, yeah, like Instagram and Facebook are the primary primary ways they're re- recruiting. And the Unomia journals, uh, one of the primary things people put like, well, why they came came through. Like I saw this thing on this Instagram page called Unomia, and I came in to see what it's about. So. Um, it's been pretty tremendous, but just leveraging the social media and the, and the mission aspect, the recruiting aspect, and then hopefully we can, you know, leverage it uh, to the giving back to the community aspect. Um, I, I know that like the CA Association does a lot with the scholarships. I know Friends of Civil Affairs has been doing that stuff as well. So starting to put output that message and, and get, you know, donations and show people where their money's going and what what good they're doing being part of the association. I think that will pay dividends as well to getting, you know, more members in recruitment. Exactly, man. Hey, Chris Bryant. Is a special operations civil affairs medical sergeant. He's currently serving in the 91st Civil Affairs Battalion. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for being on the show and talking about social media. No, thank you, man, for having me. I definitely will have to, I, I can talk for hours about this stuff, you know, so we'll definitely get together again and have some more guests and, and start getting this course going. Thank you for spending some time with us. Please subscribe and come back for another installment of 1CA. Until then, be safe and secure the victory. In civil affairs, your success depends on getting the right information to the right people at the right time. Whether it's foundational information for a team about to head out on a mission or putting together a map or other data visualization to brief a general or an ambassador, Tesla Government Solutions and staff can help. With Tesla Government's Knowledge Management Solutions, you're adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com. LC38brand.com, the civil affairs lifestyle brand. A little bit of something for everybody. T-shirts, polos, shorts, hats, flags and posters for your walls, and stickers for everything else. Celebrating the heritage of civil affairs from the civil reconnaissance of Lewis and Clark through the monuments men of World War II and companies of Vietnam. Representing the present teams of the global war on terror, we have items for citizen soldiers of USA KPOC and warrior diplomats at Fort Bragg alike. LC38brand.com. It's cool to like your job.